when we're talking to our customers about their realistic ambitions, they're talking about the, the partnership in that whole uh, chain. They, no one company can do it all. And, that, and that's something we're seeing more and more of, that that's the only yeah. way you can really make right. a long-lasting improvement in the whole life cycle. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're all doing well. And depending on when you're catching this, this will be one of the first or one of the early episodes in 2023. So if I haven't said it already, welcome to 2023. Hope you all had a great holiday break in there. I'm joined today by a colleague of mine, Hugh Blethyn. He's a senior managing consultant in Sophion, and he has really been following sustainability, especially environmental sustainability, quite often. I think he's one of our, our biggest cheerleaders inside the company for it, working both internally in Sophion and with our customers who are trying to do a better job at sustainability. So he and I are going to talk about that topic today. Hugh, welcome to the show. Hi, Paul. Thank you very much for the intro. How are you? Yeah, really good. Looking looking to start winding down towards the Christmas break, but yeah, really good. <laughs> Fine form. Thanks very much. Great to be seeing you. There you go. And where are you talking to us from, Hugh? So I, today, I'm in just outside Maastricht in the south of the Netherlands. Christmas, I'll be back in the UK. There you go, because we hear that accent. We know you're not originally from from the Netherlands. <laughs> originally hail from Wales, but unfortunately not yeah, making it back Christmas yet. Yeah. Hugh, before we start our chat, just uh, tell us a little bit how you got started in innovation. What got you into that? Well, my intro to innovation is is probably got nothing to do with what I'm doing now. It started in the mining industry, innovation and exploration techniques all over the world. And and then I had a career change into the military, into Navy, and uh, I got involved in the end in, into uh, innovation in military terms, into a lot of satellite remote sensing techniques and things like that, innovation. So a lot of R&D. So that was quite different to mining and very, very different to what I'm doing these days. Quite a diverse background and a strange yeah. way to do product development. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. And what led you to sustainability as something that's really important for you? Well, I saw being with Sophion for just coming up to five years. And one of the things that guess I, I noticed working with our customers is just how much that has changed recently uh, over the, over those nearly near five years, just how much sustainability has been become part of the conversation. Increasingly so, I can't think of one customer or engagement where it hasn't surfaced in one way or another. And then I had a bit of an aha moment, kind of almost like this time last year, where I went off and did a three-month course with the Cambridge Institute of Sustainability Leadership. And that was my aha moment, going, wow, this, this is something else. And you can't really unlearn what you learn when you do something like that. <laughs> and it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's enabled me to have deeper insight into what our customers are doing and to, and to sort of unpack, unpack some of the great stuff that they, they're doing today. And again, they've been increasingly doing over the last three or four years. Well, yeah, exciting stuff. 
And that, that was my journey into yeah. uh, sort of product sustainability. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's great. For me, it was a combination of, of working with other companies, partners of, of, of ours. And we were focusing at one point on green chemistry because we thought, oh, there's a great opportunity there to have some software around it. Didn't really pan out, but I've always kept those contacts. And then I met Jeffrey Whitford, who we'll talk about a little bit later in this show from Middleport Sigma. You know, he was talking about what he was doing and it, it was just been seeing it grow in the last 12, 12 months for sure, maybe 18 months in, in my circles as well. So it's, it's, it's really growing now. Whereas maybe two, three years ago, it was a little bit harder to get attention. Yeah, absolutely. The change has been rapid and, and is accelerating. Yeah, yeah. Give a few, Hugh. You've been you've been kind of thinking about the world at large, what's been happening, what's happening. Would you share some of your your perspectives on that? Yeah, I'd love to. The I guess start, we started twenty twenty two coming out of the back of COP twenty six. And there's a lot of interest in, in, in what that delivered and what that the hope that that would bring and it's, and it's uh, it's UN event, but a lot of business there as well. You know, business is front and center in the whole discussion about how can we be more sustainable? How can we be more responsible in in the actions that we're taking as individuals and business? And again, that was around about the time that I was doing my, my Cambridge uh, uh, course. And if I reflect on what have I seen or observed through the rest of 2022, I think the biggest trends that I've seen and I've noticed with, within uh, within our clients at Sophion is everybody's talking about greener packaging. Customers are saying we need to be able to bring that into our business processes as well as product development. What about our packaging? What, what, what are people going to be doing with that once we've sold our products? And how is that packaging being made? What is the plastic content? That's something that is really taken off, not just with what we're doing it with our customers, but in the round as well. You see it if you go into any store. You see it a lot in the media about the impact of, of, of packaging and reducing that, uh, making it more of a, a responsible aspect of, of any product offering there. And in the press as well, if you if you turn your, your pages to the, to the uh, financial pages, you, you read a lot, of, increasingly so, about well, what's going on in terms of the investment profiles of companies, ESG investment, who is investing where? No one's going to invest in, in companies that are doing some dirty business and, and engaging in those things that are not appealing to the general belief of how customers should be uh, behaving to, to safeguard the environment. And that's what we see. If you, if you look at the Financial Times, you'll see the kind of profiles that companies are managing say let's make some sensible decisions let's put investments where people are being responsible and that and that's a significant change that i've noticed in 2022 and i guess the third one is rather wholesale it's it's looking at the innovations in in product development it's it's the way that companies changing the way they're producing and developing products so they're looking at the whole value chain the whole supply chain not just are we reducing the the amount of water or the amount of CO2 that we're generating developing a product? It's the whole conversation around, well, what are our partners doing as well? Are we yeah. buying from the right people? Are we supplying to the right people? 
So those are the three things that I've noticed this year, particularly as I've become more aware personally. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I was just reading this morning, I was just reading a report that I don't recall who it was, but talking about Amazon and the plastic waste that's in the shipping, right? Amazon yeah. generates a tremendous amount of plastic waste, huge amount. And, you know, they've not been called for ta to task on it yet. And I'm thinking of all the companies that they're not aware of how their product necessarily gets to, to the end consumer. But, you know, there's the, the consumer going to the store to buy it. But with the growth of a shipping company like Amazon, there's a tremendous amount of environmental impact that's not being, not even being discussed right now. So there's plenty of room for, for, uh, for uh, opportunity. What do, where do you see trends going? I mean, what, what do you see coming up on the horizon? I think you see it absolutely everywhere. I think the trends that are set for 2023 are, I guess, kind of what we heard in one of our webinars earlier in the year about regulation. The regulation finally catching up with what consumers are demanding and what business is already doing, because regulation is behind, is lagging what business businesses are doing and what consumers are demanding. So we're going to see regulation catch up. We're going to see increased governance. Now, whether that's uh, the kind of governance that we see coming out internationally, but it's also governance at the, the national levels, state levels in the US um, and within companies as well. People are starting to realize that they need to be in control of, of, their, of their, their actions, in control of their sustainable, sustainable decision making. We're going to see companies far more transparent in what they're doing because consumers are demanding to know what are they buying i'll give you a great example i the start of this year i was determined to to make uh, product sustainability front and center of my purchasing decisions and i got one great example that amazed me i thought i'm gonna buy i need a new bike helmet right for cycling i and i searched high and low across the globe i need a bike helmet that's, that's produced sustainably it's raw materials are ethically sourced and that I can recycle this thing in two, three, four years when, when it's when it's had its day. And it took me months to find a bike helmet, which, <laughs> which yeah. it shocked me how yeah. difficult it was. But I think a lot of people are in that same mode that they're looking at buying things. And whereas even a couple of years ago, people were, n were not looking at a pair of shoes, a handbag, clothes, whatever it is. And thinking, what's the impact went into producing this? And what happens when I don't want this anymore? What what can I do with it? Can I recycle it? For most people, that's now part of their thinking process. Not everybody, but it's increasingly so. So that transparency, when you buy a product, you you look it up on the internet, you find out these things about it, which, which will inform your decision making is accelerating and brands or companies and brands realize that they realize that people want to know this thing and the consumer is driving that conversation again we heard that in our our first webinar on corporate sustainability we heard that consumer the people who are paying for goods and really driving where in some cases innovation is going that's front and center there so that's something that is can only increase in 2023 and i guess sticking with the consumer choice aspect when we look at what, what are people eating plant-based diets 
certainly driving innovation, certainly driving decisions in the boardroom there. We, we look at some of our customers now about how they how they are pivoting whole strategies for the next three to five years towards plant-based diets. And we see that in the high street. We see that in the supermarkets. So those those are three things that I think we'll see far more of in 2023. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned you mentioned regulatory is lagging business. I thought that was very interesting because in so many ways, there are a number of businesses that aren't going to do anything until they have to. So it's a little bit of a cycle, isn't it? There's some leaders out there who are doing something. A regulatory is definitely lagging there, right? But then there's so many that it just won't until they have to. So it's kind of like a cycle, isn't it? Oh, it's the carrot and stick is certainly there. You know, you're looking <laughs> at scope one and two, three emissions. People, companies in one hand, they realize they have to do something, but they also realize they should do something. And again, their customers and their partners are demanding that they do something. So yeah, if you're a company yeah. that is is trying to establish a a fully sustainable supply chain, then you're going to partner with those people who are going to help that happen. You might be able to say, well, yeah, we're meeting our scope one and two emissions, but what about scope three? Well, I'm not in, I'm not in control of that. So I've got to partner with, with, with people who are, or I've got to, I've, I have a moral obligation to make sure that what happens to this product when it's in use is also contributing in a responsible way. So it's a yeah. carrot stick going to have more regulation that's going to influence the behavior of boardrooms of, of companies. But um, I think the fact that people are being driven by what the consumer is demanding and by, by what society is demanding is, is, is driving it faster. Because we know that yeah. regulation takes a long time to get in place. It catches up, gets there eventually, but it's not as fast as what businesses and, and consumers are pushing for. And you mentioned scope one, scope two, scope three, in case some of our listeners don't know what that means. Can you just oh, briefly God. describe them? Well, I think if I, if I go back to, again, our first webinar we did, with, with uh, we, 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 we spoke to Sebastian Roos at Evonik, Jan Sutemeyer from Aviant there. And I think it was uh, Jan Evonik who was speaking about well, what can they do? And they said, yeah, we can manage or we are increasingly able to measure what are our scope one and scope two submission emissions in terms of CO2. So they can work out, OK, we've got this product, we're developing it. It's it's been developed on across a number of plants. And I think in that example there on from Avian, they were saying we've got 10 plants all contributing to the production of, of, of one product line or one one brand. How do we measure that? Well, you can actually incrementally now measure those things. Maybe five, ten years ago, you couldn't measure the the CO two emissions, scope one and scope two emissions, but you can now. And now we're getting and companies are getting better and better at that. But scope three, the emissions generated by the product when it's in use, so down that yeah. value stream, is something that you can't. But partnering again with the with with responsible supply chain organizations means you can begin to measure that. So yeah, we've got our yeah. challenge. But scope one and scope two generally, cust companies are beginning to get a, get that a handle around that. 
Now, now you mentioned these webinars. So, so we have a series of webinars, don't we? I mean, we have a whole theme here on, on our webinars. We're doing multiple webinars. You mentioned the first one. I'll talk about the second one in a minute, but just describe the intention of the series of webinars. So we put together the series of webinars. We call it Thriving Sustainably. Now, thriving, it's another word in the, in the, in the sustainability lexicon. And again, that's something we've seen on the rise this year. People are talking about what it is to thrive. And basically, what are we talking about? We're talking about people and companies doing well, growing, being successful, achieving their targets, thriving in that sense, but thriving sustainably, meaning the growth, the success is sustainable. You can carry on doing it in the long term without impacting the environment without impacting uh, the people involved in the supply chain so this so that's why we called it thriving sustainable sustainably we've had what two webinars so far we looked at the corporate leadership aspect we looked at the supply chain and into the new year we're looking at talking to one of our customers sappy about product responsibility that'll be a fascinating conversation yeah and you, so you were the host of, of the first webinar, and I think you had a, like five, five experts, five guests. It was quite a, quite a variety of topics discussed. And you've mentioned a lot of that already. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to say about that. I was a host of webinar two. And as you said, that was about, well, what happens when you hit the supply chain? So webinar one, any final comments on it you want to make before we... I- I think so. I was thinking about this, knowing we were going to talk today. And, you know, I I was looking back at what Hannah Kirtland uh, was was talking about as she advises companies, what can they do to change? And in her role as the chief impact officer there at Kirtland & Co. And she was talking about doing the little things. So often we talk about companies addressing the elephants in the room. You know, what should we be doing? We know we should be more sustainable. We know we should be making more environmentally friendly decisions. But for some companies, it's a lot. It's very expensive. Some companies can afford to go for broke and make wholesale changes. As Dr. Jan Zutemeyer at Avian was saying, no, no, we've got to go for it because that's what people demand of us. But in some cases, Hannah said, no, you need to make the little changes in your thinking and your behavior right across the organization so we were we were talking about with that with the team with sebastian Roos from evonic and all, and also not to leave anybody out dave mccadam from uh, novellus the you know the the us-based um, aluminium provider but they were all talking about yeah, real leader yeah they were all talking about what leaders can do what people expect and also interestingly about what People expect when they join companies, they expect to join a company and want to go and work for a company who are acting responsibly. And that's attractive for the labor market in, in, the, in the present day. But the, the theme throughout that was, OK, you need to have some kind of structured way of making decisions, making sure that sustainability is part of that decision making process up and down the organization, whether it's the the board level or the monthly portfolio project review, or whether it's in the R&D lab, right through an organization, whatever that is, the sustainability is part of the decision making process and how that's changed over the recent years. 
that it used to be let's make a decision to maximize maximize growth maximize profit oh and let's have a think about sustainability now the trend is as the team was saying on the call it's part of that decision it's what is a sustainable product portfolio what are our sustainable sustainability targets what are those kpis that we want to hit we must hit or we should hit and how do we measure that i think we ended that webinar on do we have the data now we know from our own work that people struggle to have the data the quality of data the completeness of the data to really make comprehensive assessments as is my product portfolio sustainable if we if we're going to operationalize that portfolio are we going to have downstream issues in terms of what we're locked into so data is key and that's another thing perhaps that's going to change or increasingly change in 2023 is people are able to objectify their decision making rather than a subjective decision making process which is based on is this product that i'm going to have my r d teams spend their time on is that going to generate a product that is more sustainable or less sustainable than the incumbent or a competitors so going from a we don't really know we haven't got the data to a, a position where we're going we do have the data we do know what the scope one and two impact could be if we if we take the following decisions on the on the, the you know the next five r d projects so that's that's interesting and uh, that requires a a structured way of managing innovation of course so that you can make reliable forecasts and, and give decision makers you know solid facts to say this this is what we could do but this is what we should do so that's something again yeah. will change again in 2023 yeah yeah well when i sat down and had my discussion with jeffrey whitford who i mentioned earlier from millipore sigma you know, we started talking about there was some research done by Carnegie Mellon and, and McKinsey Company, and 90% of what they were defining as natural capital, which meant air, uh, soil, land impacts, so natural capital impacts, 90% are in the supply chains. I think that was in consumer goods. 80% of greenhouse gas emissions are in supply chains. So that's a big, big percentage there. And and that's offering a lot of challenges. And so I wish when I've been talking about this with a number of people, and every time I start to raise the issue that some companies are trying to do something about it, it's met with a lot of skepticism. And so one of the examples I shared, you know, you look at companies like BMW and Unilever, and they are really have it all over their website. And then people say, oh, yeah, but that's just that's just marketing. But I think if you really look into some of these companies, it's a lot more than marketing. They are trying. There is some sincerity there. BMW has staked its reputation on doing something around sustainability. And they're, the way that they interact with their partners, their supply chain, you know, they can't measure their supply chain, but they require that if you're going to do business with them, if you're going to be a supplier, you need to, me you need to measure it. And you need to prove to us that you're doing it, right? And so to your point of collecting the data, getting the data, contractually, they're setting up ways to do that. And, you know, when you said what Hannah said, Carolyn, of 
Do the small things. We could sit here and we could say, it's not going to work. It's too big. It's too hard. It's too much trouble. It's 90% of it we can't account for. Well, go grab 1%. And then when you got 1%, go grab 2%, right? Get started with it. And I think that was certainly Jeffrey's message on, on what they're doing. And he talked about their scope one, you know, the energy they use, they can, they can do something about that. Uh, their scope two, they can do something about that. But he said the same thing. He said about 75 to 80% of their footprint is in scope three. And so, yeah, they are aware of it and they're tracking it and they're trying to do something about it. So again, like you said from webinar one, just a reaffirmation of how important it is and leaders out there are starting to move, starting to make it happen. Absolutely. When we're talking to our customers about them, their, their realistic ambitions, they're talking about the, the partnership in that whole uh, chain. They, no one company can do it all, not even the Unilevers of the world. You, you know, you look at the, um, the book, 2021, Net Positive. One of the key themes of that by Paul Polman was all about partnerships, because even a company of that size you know, and, and that yeah. Footprint as well. They have to partner, and that, and that's something we're seeing more and more of. That that's the only yeah. way you can really make right. a long-lasting improvement in the whole life cycle is by by choosing your partners. In some cases, you might have to say goodbye to partners that you've been working with for many many years, oh. and saying, "Right, we've got to source differently. If you can't meet those standards." We're going to go somewhere else. And if, you know, what are we doing with our product once it leaves the factory? Maybe we need to partnering with somebody else for the, for the downstream effect there. So that, that's fascinating thing and bringing together data from companies who are actively doing something, actively managing with the data they've got to come together to say, this is the whole story. This is the, this is the impact. And again, another great word that, that Hannah, used in the webinar is impact what is sustainability it's a sometimes a bit of a blurry word to use but impact is something rather tangible what is the impact of what we're doing and how do we lessen that impact while still thriving so you're right and then yeah we'll see a lot, a lot of change there in 2023 yeah. well you know i was hoping you and i talk a little bit about the how but i think we're we're going to run out of time on that but you know you've got this webinar coming up with sappy which will be a little bit about the how and i think we should we should come back together again at some point and and share some examples with the listeners of of how these companies are are doing this because because some are doing it and they actually have it have figured some things out so let's do that at some point hugh aside from that though i mean if you think about you're hoping to do in 2023 what are you hoping to do that you know taking from a next step type of thing next steps are to develop a series of services that we can provide to to sophie on customers to help them on that journey you know we, we come back to the small steps versus the big bang everybody's at a different place on that scale so if you're a company that wants to take the first steps in a really assessing the impact of your innovation activities, your product development activities, then we're going to be talking to existing customers, new customers about how we help them do that. They're fully versed with how they make decisions today as a company, but what we're going to be doing is is talking to them about how we bring that that sustainability assessment into your 
board level balance scorecard to say, okay, is there one metric that you can put on there for in 2023 that's going to help sustainability come into a part of your decision making very much at the core of it? And going from that point to help someone get going to say, okay, we are now assessing the impact of our decisions on, on the environment to all the way through to, you know, very much like we did with some of our customers where we're doing very detailed impact assessments and sustainability assessments as we go right through the product lifecycle there to, as we've just been saying, really to say, okay, can we also bring in some data about your partners? And can we put that on your decision-making dashboard? You know, when when you're really making a decision about is that product something we want to take forward and have in our product portfolio for X number of years, we are now factoring in data from our partners as well to really make that decision a very enriched decision and a very informed decision. So hopefully that's what we're going to move on to in 2023. I'm very excited about that. So, yeah, lots to look forward to. Yeah, that's great. And it's bringing experience with real companies who are tackling this problem already from, from, from real, the ways that they're measuring now, the ways that they intend to measure. So it's not, it's not like you're having to invent this. It's you're working with real companies doing it. And it's about packaging it and bringing it to a broader community. So I, I really am going to, your cheerleader and your fan on that one to watch, uh, watch you have a lot of success with that. And it's pu- we're pushing on an open door. Uh, you know, it's it's yeah. so exciting to see how companies want to be doing this. They realize that they need to be able to make better decisions and act more responsibly. So, uh, yeah, the, the demand is there. The excitement yeah. is there, certainly uh, with our customers and outside as well. So, um, yeah, again, lots yeah. to be excited about for the new year. And the webinars... They're out there on the Sophion website. They're really great webinars. I encourage everybody to take a listen. You know, this is, they're not about Sophion. They're about thriving sustainably, as Hugh said, and they're with thought leaders. They're with experts out there. They're with practitioners and they're talking about the, the topics at hand. So they're really, really good webinars. Two are done, one coming. There'll be more after that, but. But the uh, do do go take a listen if you're interested. Check that out. Hugh, I want to thank you for, for stopping by and sharing some of your perspective and the things you've been working on. My pleasure. You know, I'll leave it with hope for New Year that you know, we're going to see people's lifestyles, really, the sustainability aspects of people's lifestyles really driving the, the agenda. And if we think of the value of the green economy, growing to something like 90 trillion dollars by 2030 it's there's a there's a there's a lot lot to be discussed there's a lot to be done but uh, it's quite clear which yeah. way things are going but thank you paul They're there great you go great and we'll talk to you next year hugh <laughs> and to our listeners thanks for joining i hope you enjoyed that there's so much so much to learn, so much to, to read up on, listen, learn. It's, feel free to take advantage of all the resources you can find around it. Thanks for joining us. I hope you all have a great week ahead and we'll talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, 
where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.